You are listening to an audio sermon from Harvest Bible Chapel, York Region. For more information, visit hbcyr.ca. Well, good morning, Harvest. So good to be with you here again to open up God's Word and see what He has for us. We are continuing in our series, Real Talk, Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead, open them up to Matthew 6, we're in verses 19 to 24. If you don't have a Bible, get one, download one, steal one, borrow one, take, do what you have to do. There's one in front of you. If you don't steal it, all right? Just take it. It's yours. It's a gift, all right? But Matthew 6, get there. Get the Word of God in your hands, so important, Matthew 6, 19 to 24. And when you're there, would you please stand with me for the reading of God's Word. It says this, do not lay up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body, so if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? No one can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we come before you now asking that you would meet with us. Lord, asking that your Holy Spirit would fill this place, O God that you would stir in our hearts an affection for you. Lord, that you would stir in our hearts an affection for the things of eternity and not for the things of this earth. God, that you would lead us in our lives. God, that you would change us, oh God, that we might become more like Jesus Christ. God, would you guide us so that that would be true. Would you guide us for your glory, oh God, and our good. We pray this in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Please take your seats. So let's just right away deal with the giant elephant in the room, all right? We're talking about money today. And that might make a few of you a little uncomfortable, but do you realize, and this is an interesting fact, really interesting, that 15% of everything Jesus taught about in the New Testament was about money? In fact, he talked more about money than he did heaven and hell combined. And when someone talks about something, especially Jesus, that often, with that frequency, we better listen up. We better pay attention. This is important. There's something so significant about money as it relates to our spiritual lives. Scripture, scripture, all throughout Scripture, continually warns us about money. It continually tells us how we should use it. Um, yet often we ignore these warnings. We, we make up excuses for how we spend. Well, in doing my study, this was a giant wake-up call for me in my life, and I hope, I pray, that this is a big wake-up call for you as well as we look at this truth that Jesus lays out for us in his word. 
The point of this entire text, to sum up these verses in one sentence, I would do it this way. There's no such thing as a Christian who doesn't give. There's no such thing as a Christian who doesn't give. Jesus doesn't mince words here. He doesn't stumble over the fact that we might find this awkward. It's as clear as day. He couldn't be more clear. And what we have to ask ourselves in this situation is, who do I serve? Who do I serve? Because this will dictate what I do with my money. Or to look at that in reverse, what I do with my money proves who I serve. Jesus here is saying that the proof of the pudding is in the eating. So who do I serve? We can know by checking a few things. So let's go through our text together. We can know by checking a few things. So to know who I serve, I need to check my treasure. I need to check my treasure. My treasure. Look at verse 19. It says this, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroys and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. So what is Jesus saying here, loved ones? What is Jesus saying? What is laying up treasures on earth? What is that? What does that mean? Well, this is what I think it means, and maybe you'll agree. It says that what I think is this. Uh, The pursuit of gaining as much stuff on earth for the purposes of comfort, pleasure, ease, and luxury. The pursuit of gaining as much stuff on earth for the purpose of pleasure, ease, luxury. That is what laying up treasures on earth is. But why does Jesus not want us to do this? Why? What's the purpose? Is Is it because these things aren't nice? No, they could be very nice. Is it, is it because these things are evil? Not necessarily. Is it because we won't enjoy them? No, you could enjoy them a whole lot. No, he's saying this for one very simple reason, and it's this. These things won't last. These things won't last They will be destroyed. They will either be destroyed, stolen, and you can definitely not take them with you. Jesus wants you to make a good investment. He doesn't want you to waste your money on stuff that you can't have forever. Instead, Jesus says, lay up treasures in heaven. So what does this mean? What does it mean to lay up treasures in heaven? Well, this is what I think. It says, or I think it means It means mobilizing your dollars in such a way that it will make an eternal impact and destroy the temptation of worshiping money, making you rich towards God. Mobilizing your dollars in such a way that it will make an eternal impact and destroy the temptation of worshiping money, making you rich toward God. But why? But why? Why would I do that? Loved ones. It's because it will last. It's because it will last. No rust, no moths can destroy this. No one can ever steal this investment. It is a rock-solid investment with guaranteed returns, eternal returns. 
we need to take this, we need to take this with extreme seriousness. Think about it, think about it. If, if, the, if the top financial investment advisor in Toronto this afternoon came and knocked on your door and said, hey, could you give me 20 minutes? I'd love to tell you about how you should invest in the stock market this year, where you should put your money in 2017, what the best investments are for your return. I would think you'd probably invite him in, give him a cup of coffee and hear him out. In fact, people pay for this kind of advice. People spend hours and days in hotel conference rooms trying to figure out the best way to make more money. The five best ways to spend money in 2017. I'm sure there's a conference out there right now with that title. Stop, stop. Why, why do this? Jesus tells us here in one sentence how to invest, where the real return is. You see, this is almost insider trading, really, because Jesus knows the answer. He knows the outcome of the investment. He's, he's been to earth. In fact, he created it. He's, he's been to heaven. In fact, he created it. And he's telling us, don't waste your money here. Trust me. Lay up treasures in heaven. It's well worth it. The investment is much, much better. Maybe you can imagine with me for a moment yourself at the age five. I know it's not that many years ago, so it should be easy, right? But imagine yourself at the age of five. And when I was five years old, I was obsessed with Mickey Mouse. How about you? Maybe? Maybe not. That's okay. But I was obsessed. Wallpaper, everything, the hat, you name it. I loved Mickey Mouse, all right? And imagine you're at this age and your parents come up to you and say, hey, guess what? We're going to Disneyland. Right? So excited. I'm so sorry for those of you who didn't get to go to Disneyland as a kid. So just imagine with us for a second, okay? It was wonderful, not to rub it in. But imagine yourself, your parents come to you and say, hey, we're going to Disneyland, and you're like, this is amazing. And then they say to you, we're also gonna give you some spending money. And uh, so you go to the bank and they give you maybe $40. $40 seems like a fortune to you. You've never had money before, right? This is the first time. You're like, ah, I can do whatever I want with this. And they give you some spending money and you're just waiting for that day. You're so excited. And then the day comes and you get into a cab. You head over to the airport. Never been to an airport before, right? The ce- it looks huge. The ceilings are huge. And, and it's just a massive silver everywhere. It's just crazy. And, and you got your little backpack on and you're rolling. Just getting the mindset, right? You're rolling your little luggage behind you and... You're so excited, and then the corner of your eye, you're at the airport, you just walked in, the corner of your eye, you see, which is like, it just seems like heaven. I mean, it, in reality, it's just a convenience store, but at five years old, this seems like heaven. There's chocolate bars and candy and Doritos and every kind of chips, and you got your fuzzy peaches, you got your Twizzlers, you got everything a kid could ever imagine. Peanut M&Ms, maybe not the peanuts, just M&Ms at five, right? Everything you ever wanted. And you're looking there, licking your lips, like, wow. And then you realize, wait a second, I have money. There's nothing getting in the way between me and everything I've ever wanted. And so you make a break for it. I'm going to get me some of that. Your dad sees this, and so he just stops you. Just listen to Daniel, or your name, whoever. Listen to me. I know that looks good, but the candy in Disneyland is way better. 
Don't, don't waste your money here at the airport. You're going to have nothing left. And in, and in fact, I mean, even if you buy all of this candy, the guy at customs is going to take it away from you. It's going to end up in the trash. You can't take it with you. Trust me, I've been to Disneyland, I've been to airports. Disneyland candy is way better than airport candy. Can I get an amen? <laughs> I mean, they got Mickey Mouse with ice cream dipped in chocolate. I mean, you can't get anything better than that, all right? We look at that situation and go, of course he should wait. Why doesn't he believe his father? That's not what the money is for. Jesus here is telling us, don't lay up treasures on earth where moth and rust destroys. Lay up treasures in heaven. Trust me. Trust me. It's way better. Don't waste your money here. Don't waste your money on stuff that will be destroyed. It goes much deeper than that. Because we have the answer to the question. You see, if, if you go to the stock market right now, if, if, if you invest in something, even an RSP or whatever it is, you're banking that it will do well, that what you're investing in will, will see returns. You don't know the future. It might tank. You might lose everything. You don't know. It's just the reality. It's a gamble. It's a wager. You're hoping the market does well. But if you're a true believer of Jesus Christ, if you're a child of God, you believe that this book is authoritative in your life, if you believe that the words of Jesus Christ are true, then you already have the answer of what a good investment is. You don't have to wait and see. You don't have to check the stock market every day and see if your investment is doing well. It's a guarantee that your treasures in heaven are eternal. No one will steal them. It's a great, great investment. Investing here, you don't have to ask the question, when will I lose this, or you don't have to ask your question, if I will lose this wealth, it's when I will lose this wealth. It's going to be taken, it's going to be broken, or it's going to be left behind. There's no future in earthly investments. So where's your treasure? Obvious question, where's your treasure? What are you investing in? Where are you laying up treasure? And I, and I don't mean what you think is best. I don't mean in an ideal world, this is where I would think. I mean, I mean if I could have it my way, my, all my treasure would be in heaven. I'm a good Christian. No, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm talking about actually. Dollars and cents. Where are you laying up treasure right now? If everyone here were to look at their bank statement since the beginning of 2017, would you look at that and go, yeah, praise the Lord, I'm laying up treasure in heaven. I'm making eternal investments. I'm fulfilling my obligations here on earth, and I'm making eternal investments. Or would you look at that and go, all of my treasure is here on earth. I would encourage you to do that. Find out where you're spending. Does your spending affect temporal things? or eternal things. Let's flip over to Luke 12. Uh, Luke 12, verse 13. And uh, Jesus is teaching, and someone from the crowd comes up to him 
and says this. It says, someone in the crowd said to him, teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. But he said to him, man, who made me a judge or arbitrator over you? And he said to them, take care and be, not, and be on guard against all covetousness, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. And he told them a parable saying, the land of a rich man produced plentifully. And he thought to himself, what shall I do? For I have nowhere to store my crops. And he said, I will do this. I will tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, be merry. But God said to him, fool, this night your soul is required of you. And the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So is the one who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich towards God. If we sit back and store up stuff and we say to ourselves, I got it made, eat, drink, relax, be merry. Wow, this is like heaven. That will be your heaven. As we see the treasure in this story, in this parable, as we see the treasure the man had, it really relates to where his heart was, doesn't it? It really relates to what he was thinking, what he thought was best. And this leads us to our next point here in verse 21. If I want to know who I serve, I need to check my heart. We've checked our treasure. We need to check our heart. Look at the text, verse 21. What does it say? It says, for where your treasure is, there your, there your what? Your heart. There your heart will be also. For where your treasure is, your heart's in the same place. Loved ones, loved ones. This is one of the most powerful verses in scripture for knowing who we actually are. This is one of the most powerful verses in finding out where our heart is is. See, if we are spending our money on heavenly things, on eternal things, our heart's in the right place. It's filled with light. If we use all our treasure on earthly things, our heart is filled with darkness. Look at the text, verse 22. It says, the eye of the lamp, sorry, the eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If, if then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? Jesus uses a metaphor here to further explain his point. The eye in this metaphor represents the heart. And just as the health of the eye determines how much light will be entering your body, right? If you've got a healthy eye, you can see well. If your eye is unhealthy, maybe you're blind or it's dark, right? In the same way, the, the heart is the lens to your spiritual life. And if your heart is healthy, then you will have light in your spiritual life. But if your heart is evil or bad, your spiritual life will be filled with darkness. Loved ones, this is the difference between life 
and death, good and evil, light and darkness in your life. If you don't think how spending your money matters, think again. It matters massively in your life. It says everything about who you are and the condition of your heart. Let's get more specific here. I want to talk to the person here who thinks they are really in a great spot in their spiritual walk. Um, Perhaps you come to church most weekends. I mean, you're faithful in that, even on a weekend when you lose an hour of sleep. And, you know, you you read the Bible at home. Um, you, You send your kids to youth. You've been coming to this church for five, six, seven years maybe. You... You're in a small group, you pray with your family. Yet when it comes to giving towards the mission of the church, when it comes to giving to the poor, when it comes to putting your investment into the things of God, you do nothing. And maybe you have some excuses for this. And maybe your situation's a little like this. Maybe you go, yeah, but um, I just can't afford it. I don't make enough. And yet in Luke 21 with the widow, she gave the two coins and God says she gave more than anyone. She had nothing. Maybe it's because you really wanted that bigger house in the great location and so you've, you've increased your mortgage to such a point that you're so strapped for cash just to make monthly payments and there's nothing left to give? Or maybe it's that car that you really needed and you're like, I want that extra trim package or I want that model up and I want to look good and so you've laid up treasures on earth in that way and now you have this bi-week, bi-monthly payment that you, takes up all your money? Or some internet subscriptions or buying online or books or whatever it is. You spend and you spend and you spend and yet you say you have nothing. You know my thing? I could buy tools and gadgets all day. I love woodworking, all right? I go to Lee Valley, I could buy up everything in the store if it was my way. Treasures on earth. Trust me, some of my tools are rusting already. Maybe you've said, once we're out of debt, then we'll start giving. You justify it because you say, well, I do everything else. I give of my time. I want to say this as gentle as possible. So I'll just read the text again. It says this, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. See, there's no substitute for this. The phrase, put your money where your mouth is, really kind of comes to mind here. If you truly believe this, you will invest in it. Jesus says that if this area of your life is not settled, then you are living in darkness. You may fool yourself to think because of everything else you do that you're in the light, but in actuality, you are worshiping money. You don't think you need to give, but listen, your heart will be revealed before the Lord. 
your heart will be revealed. You don't need to prove yourself to me, to anyone here, but your heart will be revealed before the Lord. Loved ones, don't be so surprised, don't be so surprised that your physical actions have so much to do with your spiritual life. Don't be so surprised. Like even just look at the last three uh, messages from this sermon series. Start in Matthew 6 alone. Look at this. In verses 1 to 4, remember this? It says, be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others. Remember that? No, do it in private so that your Father who's in heaven will reward you. Your right hand shouldn't know what your left hand is doing. Because your physical actions have so much to say about your spiritual life. In the next section, from verses 5 to 15, it says, don't pray like the hypocrites do. They've, they've already received their reward. They're laying up treasures on earth. No, 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 no. Lay up treasures in heaven. Pray in secret so that your Father in secret will reward you. Lay up treasures in heaven. Your physical actions meaning so much to your spiritual life. And then even last week, verses 16 to 18, when you fast, don't fast like the hypocrites do. No, 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 because your physical actions say so, so, so much about where your heart is. Did you know that this is actually exactly the way God acts too? That his heart and his treasure in the same place? What's the most popular verse in all of scripture? John 3.16, right? Everyone knows it. Everyone knows it. John 3.16. But just look at this text, all right? John 3.16. What does it say? For God so loved the world. That's his heart. He loved. He loved the world so much. What did he do? That he gave his only begotten son. His actions. His heart informed his actions. That whoever believes in him would not perish but have eternal life. You see, God is laying up treasures in heaven. God's heart for you is so much love that he gave his greatest treasure so that he can lay you up in heaven. You'll be his treasure in heaven. He gave what was most valuable to him so that he could be with you. And all we need to do is believe. Whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. Have you believed in God? Have you made him your treasure? Are you walking away from this world and seeking the things of above and not of this earth? Listen so carefully, so carefully. This is very important. Your actions don't save you, but they definitely showcase where your heart is. If you lay up treasures on earth, you are showing that your heart is filled with darkness. But if you lay them up in heaven, you are showing that your heart is filled with light. And let's look at that heart. Let's look at that heart, the heart that is filled with light. Those of you who faithfully give to the church, faithfully give to the poor, are laying up treasures in heaven and for things of eternal value, be encouraged. Be encouraged. I praise, the, I praise the Lord for you. Your heart is filled with light and your bank statement proves it. You value the things to come more than this present world. See, the person that does this knows this verse well and they understand it. Psalm 1611. 
It says, you make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. The person who's laying up treasures in heaven knows that there is no joy apart from the living God. The person who's laying up treasures in heaven knows that you cannot experience pleasures forevermore apart from Jesus Christ. Will you decide that truth in your heart? That yes, only God can provide me with joy. Will you lay up treasures in heaven? Because there is no fullness of joy apart from him. So how do we do this though? How do we do this? How do we have our heart turned towards Christ? How do we do this? Well, I have three things that we can do, all right? They're not perfect. There are three things. I'm sure there are more. But here are three. First, cut out sin spending. Cut out sin spending or unnecessary spending. When I was, uh, I think I was 20, I wasn't in a very good place at all. And uh, I, I feel, I'm looking back, I'm like, I was kind of depressed, actually, quite depressed. And I dropped out of school, and I came back home, and I started to work. All my friends were still back at school. And I was making $600 a week. I remember that figure. $600 a week. And, and, and I got home, and all of a sudden, the Lord was just drawing my heart closer to his. He was sanctifying me. I, I dusted off my Bible for the first time in years started reading through it, got just addicted to the thing. I, I just couldn't put it down. I started reading theology, and I, I was just getting wrapped up in the truth of who God is, and I just couldn't get enough. And, and, but what I was doing is I was still kind of one foot in the world, and I would every weekend drive back to my old school to hang out with all my buddies, and then come back for work on Monday. And what I realized, and God really just slapped me right across the face with this truth, I was spending almost to the penny $60 every weekend on gas to get out there and come home. God said to me, that's 10% of your income. You're tithing towards sin. This is me. Tithing towards sin. We need to cut out sin spending. We need to cut out unnecessary spending so that we can free up our treasure and put it towards heavenly things. Heavenly things. The second thing is this. Stop putting value and emotion into your things. Stop putting value and emotion into your things. Before I was on staff here, I had the privilege of serving on staff over at Harvest Oakville, and I worked in the uh, church planting department, all right? So I got to do a lot of the logistics for planting some churches for Harvest in, in Ontario. It's a huge blessing. And the first church that I was a part of was Harvest Toronto West, and uh, working with Pastor Jason Mata, who's a senior pastor there. Great guy. Love him. If you ever have a chance to visit their church, do it. Encourage them. Um, anyway, in the in the process of planting the church, uh, one day I had to go pick up these long metal bars. I won't explain what they're for, but the, I did, these long metal bars. And he was the only one at the church with a vehicle that could hold these things. I had a little car and I couldn't do it, so I said, hey, can I borrow your SUV? And he's like, sure. So went and got the, 
bars and I put them, you know, you open up the hatchback and you kind of put them through in between the seats and you're like, well, I have enough room to drive, I don't know, and I'm, I'm, I'm kind of jamming them up the front and I didn't realize until I got back into the driver's seat that I had just mangled his dashboard. D destroyed, it was bad. Like, I mean, deep gashes into like the pleather or whatever it is. It was bad, it was ugly. And this isn't just like a junk, this is like his family vehicle, right? This is his only vehicle he owns. His wife sits in that seat and would be looking at that all the time, all right? I'm in trouble, right? I'm, oh no, I, okay, so I drive back and I'm like, oh man, how am I gonna say this? I'm just, I just have to come out and say it. First thing I say to him, just have to say it. So I uh, go up to him, Pastor Jason, here are your keys. I have to tell you, I, I mangled your dashboard. Like, it's bad. Without taking a second breath, without even thinking about it for two seconds, he said this, moth and rust. You mean I don't owe you anything? I was expecting like, oh, what do you think the damage is? He just said, oh, moth and rust, walked away. I was like, what are you, dude, I mangled your car. Moth and rust. What would your response be? What would my response be? That stuck with me every day, honestly, and my wife. I told her the story. She was like, oh my goodness, I can't, really? Not to even be upset for a minute and then try to get over it? No, 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 moth and rust. I don't put any value. I don't put any emotion in this stuff. This stuff is going to burn. This stuff is going to rust away. Moth and rust. I was texting him this week asking, hey, would you mind if I tell this story in the sermon. He said, yeah, sure, go ahead. He's like, yeah, I remember, I remember that. And I said, yeah, I bet you do every time you drive your car. <laughs> and he said, well, actually, we just got rid of it. It truly was rusted out. <laughs> what would your response be? What would your response be? Pastor Paul, what would your response be? Because I dinged your car in the parking lot. <laughs> no, I, didn't. I didn't. It's not true. It wasn't me if there is a ding there. <laughs> What would our response be? You see, if we would stop putting our value and our emotion into the things that do not matter, that would be our response. But thirdly, and this is really most important, thirdly, study the character of God. Study the character of God. This enables the other two, really, because if we study him, our heart will be just pushed towards the things of heaven and away from the things of this world. As you study his grace, think about it, his mercy, his justice, his kindness, his wisdom, his love, his patience, his power, his goodness, his righteousness, his transcendence, his imminence, his omnipotence, his glory, his holiness. As you see that he is a light, He's a fire, he's a temple, he is, he's a shield, he's a strong tower, he's a hiding place. As you see these things, you'll be like, this world means nothing to me. As you see who your God is, everything else fades away. I don't care what car I drive, I don't care if it gets banged up, I don't care if I lose everything tomorrow because I still have my God. When we know these things, our heart will be turned towards God. So we've checked our treasure, 
We've checked our heart, and now we have to check our allegiance. We have to check our allegiance. See, your heart can only be filled with light if your allegiance is toward God. So let's look at the text. Verse 24, what does it say? It says, no one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. There's a real line drawn in the sand in this verse, isn't there? You can't serve God and money. The word masters in, that, in, in the text is, is really important. It, it comes from the Greek word kyrios, and sometimes it's translated Lord, um, and what it means is slave owner. That's really the implication here, slave owner. So why can't you serve two masters? Because you can't walk in two directions at the same time. See, you can have two employers, but you can't have two masters. One master will always be pulling you away from what you truly love. It says you will hate one and love the other, devoted to one and despise the other. So where is your allegiance? Jesus says you can't serve God and money. God will lead you away from the treasures of this world. Money will lead you towards the treasures of this world. God will lead you to heavenly treasure and money will lead you away from it. You see, we are to have mastery over money and not allow money to have mastery over us. We are to serve God and use money, not serve money and try and use God. Let's look at this whole passage here logically and theologically, okay? Can you track with me here? What's going on in this text is this domino effect. One thing is affecting the next, and as one's knocked over, it will go a certain way. Check it out, check it out. The, the, The logic of the text is like this. The way you lay up your treasure will show where your heart is. And that will show who your master is. So, if you lay up treasure in heaven, your heart is filled with light and you serve God. If you lay up treasures on earth, your heart is filled with darkness and you serve money. Let's look at it in reverse. If you serve God, your heart will be filled with light which will cause you to lay up treasures in heaven. If you serve money, your heart will be filled with darkness which will cause you to lay up treasures on earth. You see the domino effect? It's one thing after the other. If you serve money, you will be filled with darkness. You will lay up a treasure on earth. Who do you serve? This is an issue, this is an issue both of sanctification and of justification. All right, you know what sanctification means? Sanctification, to be made holy, right? To be set apart, literally. Um, To be made more like Christ. In the Christian walk, we're all being sanctified. We're not perfect yet, but we're being worked on to that end. See, you can serve God as your master. You can be filled with light because the working of the Holy Spirit within you, and you can still mess up. There's so much grace. 
I mean, we're in this together, okay? I, I mess up often. And that's why we need to go to the Lord in confession and repentance. It doesn't mean we're filled with darkness. It just means that there's a battle being waged within us, our spirit versus the flesh, and we want the spirit to win more than the flesh. And every day we need to go back to the Lord. Lord, would you fill me? God, would you fill me with light so that I can lay up treasures in heaven so that I would put away the things of this earth and that you'd be glorified in my life. It's also an issue of justification. Am I justified as a child of God? Am I a true Christian? This is, the, this is the truth from this text. If you never lay up treasure in heaven, what the text here is saying is that your heart is filled with darkness and you do not serve God. Giving money won't save you, but it's an indication of where your heart is. Jesus spoke this truth in just a sentence here in our text. But the teaching came to life later on in his ministry. And if you would, turn over with me to Matthew 19, verse 16. And we see the story of a wealthy young man. And we'll finish our time here. It says this in Matthew 19, verse 16. It says, and behold, a man came up to him saying, Teacher, what good deed must I do to have eternal life? And he said to him, Why do you ask me about what is good? There is only one who is good. If you would enter life, keep the commandments. And he said to him, Which ones? And Jesus said, You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. Honor your father and mother, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. The young man said to him, all these I have kept, but what do I still lack? Jesus said to him, if you would be perfect, go, sell what you possess and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and come, follow me. When the young man heard this, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. And Jesus said to his disciples, truly, I say to you, only with difficulty will a rich person enter the kingdom of heaven. And again, I tell you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. And now as we sit here today, knowing from the words of Christ the blessing and the joy that is offered to us by laying up treasures in heaven as we release our belongings Will we be like the rich young man who walked away with everything in the world, but he was sorrowful because he did not have Christ? Or will we choose to serve God, have our, light, our hearts filled with light, store up treasures in heaven, knowing that that is where true joy is? Knowing that with God we can have joy and without him we will live in sorrow. 
Jesus says in this text, only with great difficulty will a rich person enter the kingdom of heaven. He doesn't say it's impossible, but he does say it is with much difficulty. This is the reality. The reality is we live in one of the richest countries in the entire world. Wealth surrounds us. The opportunity for wealth surrounds us. The temptation has never been stronger and the deceit of riches has never been greater. And so our resolve has to be that much more concrete and not walk away sorrowful with everything in our hands, but give it up and serve God and be filled with the Holy Spirit and lay up treasures in heaven. Don't hold on to your stuff until you breathe your last breath and you won't be able to take it with you. Lay up treasures in heaven. Will you serve God? Imagine the work that could be done if every Christian in our church decided, I am going to lay up treasures in heaven. Imagine the lives that could be impacted. Imagine the work that God could do through your faithfulness. Will you serve God? Will you lay up treasures in heaven and experience the joy that he brings? Let's stand and pray. Heavenly Father, O Lord, forgive us for the times that we look at this world and we think this is greater than you. O Lord, forgive us for the times that we have decided to lay up treasures on earth and not in heaven. O Lord, would you fill our hearts with light? Holy Spirit, would you work in us the fruit of the Spirit that we may live a life that brings us joy and you glory? Lord, I want to specifically pray for the person in this room who finds this so difficult to swallow, finds this truth repulsive, and is unable to give up the clenches of their things, who finds more joy and pleasure in treasures and the pursuit of this world than in you. Oh God, would your Holy Spirit fall in this place. Lord, change us, oh God. Change us that we would say, I've decided to follow Jesus. Oh Lord, let us not walk away sorrowful. Oh Lord, let us not walk away with everything in this world but lacking Christ. Oh Lord, have grace upon us. Lord, your will be done, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.